listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Hello with Joel, Giselle, and Kyrie. We're here until midnight. Then it's Sports Center all night on 98.7 ESPN. So, come on, everybody, raise your hands. Raise your hands if you had a simply unbelievable Mother's Day. Excellent. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Very good. I'm glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. Uh, it was always an interesting weekend, and it's always interesting on Sunday, at least for one more week, right? Because we had episode seven and eight of The Last Dance. A <laughs> lot of takeaways from seven and eight, right? A lot of takeaways. So we saw in seven and eight, we saw Michael say, you know what? Pfft, I'm tired of basketball. Let me go play some baseball. We saw Scottie Pippen say, if the play's not for me, I'm not playing. And we saw a bully tamed. (laughs) And we also saw Michael Jordan emotional, frustrated, disappointed. I think that people just don't understand What makes him look at winning the way he does? I think we saw last night the obsession, what it takes to motivate him to continue to be the best, what it took to continue to motivate him to keep that mentality of winning no matter what. He is a winner. His attitude is, if I'm not playing to win, there's no need to play the game. And that is not germane to just him. There are a number of athletes who have that same idea, that same focus, that same preparation. They just don't have it to the extent that he did. And that's what we found out about him. And that's what we have found out about him throughout this documentary. And it'll be interesting to see what 9 and 10 are. But look, what did we already know about Michael Jordan that we that this has not told us? We knew he was great. Okay, we understand he was great. We saw him be great. You look at the video. If you didn't see him play, you saw why we say he's one of the greatest to ever play. Some say he is the greatest to play. We've seen what he's been able to do. The moves. The urgency to continue to be the best. To be on a film set at six in the morning, work eight, 10, 12 hours a day filming, then go work out, then have a pickup game, and then go back to the film session the next day. He was obsessed with being the best. And he is correct. That came at a cost. And you, you, you just, it, it's an amazing thing to watch to see how important important it was for him to win and that's what we found out about him so far that has been for me the biggest takeaway the biggest takeaway uh and how he can't have anybody be better than him nobody nobody can have nobody can have a better game than him nobody can have that moment whether you're a a former teammate like B.J. Armstrong that you were 
you know, on the side and served in battle with him. Or whether you're an adversary like Gary Payton, whom he just laughed at. He would never say, you never hear him say, it just wasn't my night. (laughs) You never hear him say that. It's, it's, it's how dare you outperform me. That takes some type of dedication. That takes some type of obsession. He wanted to win at all costs. And that has been evident in this documentary. It is, it's, it's, it's fascinating. It's disturbing. It's interesting. Your thoughts. 1-800-919-3776. We also have a Twitter poll question up for you. As you know, the UFC had a big time pay-per-view event on ESPN Plus this weekend, Saturday night. And you know, auto racing's coming up. And we're hearing Major League Baseball could be back in action 4th of July. So here's the question for you. At Hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. With UFC returning to action, auto racing coming up, and more, how do you feel about sports returning? Is it too soon? Is it only if they're safe? Or is it time? Your thoughts. At Hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM, and of course, at 1-800-919-3776. Now, also for your discussion, Major League Baseball, talk about coming back on the 4th of July. Oh, would that, baseball, apple pie, 4th of July, what, what, what better, what better way to make baseball come back, huh? Perfect. Is it? Is it really? Are we done? Well, here's what we know so far. We know, we know. That the owners say we're ready for the proposal. We, 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 we approve the proposal that is going to be officially given to the players association tomorrow. And there's a minimum, you know, there's a number of games. It's a hundred games. You know, we don't know. It's, it could be any amount of games, but let's say for argument's sake, because that's the easiest way to do it. Let's say there's 81 games. All right. So let's say they play 81 games. Now under the current situation, the baseball players association players are expected to get half. You make, all right, let's Garrett Cole, right? You make 35 million for 162 game season. All right, 17.5. You get this season. Makes sense. But the owners are saying, wait, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's no fans. So in other words, uh, a large percentage, 40, 35, whatever you want to say. Let's, for argument's sake, say 40. 40% of our salary money that comes in that we give to the players comes in from fans. There's no fans. We can't afford to pay, once again, just using Gary Cole as an example, we can't afford to pay him 17, $17.5 million. Where are we going to get that money from? So let's make a deal. Let's just say, let's do dollar for dollar and let's go ahead and whatever, you know, what comes in, we'll pay you. And the Players Association is like, how you want to do what? All right, so you owners who have been 
not reluctant, downright abstinent as far as letting us see your books. Oh, no, no, no. We're the book, books. What books? We have no books. <laughs> we have no books for you to watch. What books? We want to see your books. So we want to know that you're honestly going to give us that money. So here's what's funny, right? Because the owners don't want to show the books. And the players really don't want this to be the norm, right? Because what happens in this case is, hey, you know what? We're, let's, let's always show you the books. Let's do it that way. So that way, look, I'm losing money. I can't afford to pay you because I'm losing money. And so what becomes the exception now becomes the norm. And then that's just from the money standpoint. Remember, when we talk about this, I keep telling you, it's not just about the health aspect. It's always about the money. It's professional sports. It's always about the money. But oh, by the way, there are a number of players who are like, so is it safe? Yeah, I know we're only supposed to be playing each other's division. You know, East plays East and Central plays Central and West plays West. And if we're doing interleague, then, you know, we'll do it that way. Yankees will play Mets and so on and so forth. So we got it. All right. We understand that. And then they're supposed to expand the rosters, which is a good idea, because if somebody gets the virus, then we need to have somebody to come up. All right, but help me out now. If, God forbid, a player gets the virus, don't you have to quarantine everybody that person came in contact with for up to 14 days? So does that mean that all the players, except the ones that are on the backup roster, uh, and hopefully they won't be with the team because if somebody gets infected with the team, they can't play either. So, so what happens? I'm lost there. If, if somebody is tested positive and we're doing the quarantine, even the soft quarantine, like Dr. Anthony Fauci is doing right now is what happens to the other players. We're talking about tracing, right? When we talk about tracing, they want to know who that person came in contact with. So they all can be tested for the virus. So let's say you've got one person that gets tested and now they have the virus and now you test 10 more people and another one has the virus. So what do we do then? And I understand you're going to say to me, but Larry, that could happen anytime. Yeah, I know. It could, but would you not agree that the longer we wait, perhaps there's less of a chance for that happening? And I understand. Listen, I know that a number of you who may not have been UFC fans wanted to see a sport that you didn't know what the outcome was going to be before you turned on the TV. And so many of you probably watch this for change just to see what's going on. Hey, it's a live fight. It's it's something I don't know what's going to happen. It's new. I, I, I It's going to be great. Let me see what happens here. And you were maybe intrigued with the fact that one of the fighters who was supposed to be on this card tested positive with the coronavirus and couldn't fight. So now you want to see how this was going to be handled, how people were there, what was going Because remember, there were no fans. So were people with masks? How, how did they handle it? And so you want to see this fight. So here's a situation where you're looking and you're like, oh, man, this is, I want to see what's going on here. 
And so you ordered it. So I understand that everybody is ready to see some type of live sporting event that they don't know the outcome of before they turn on the TV or won't go on their smartphone. But with baseball, we're talking about having a, a season with not many days off because they're going to try to fit as many games in to try to be on close to a schedule as if it's normally a regular season as close as they can make it happen where you come out maybe in maybe instead of late October, early November, maybe you come out a little later and you try to get everything done before the, before we start seeing the Christmas lights up or, or the Thanksgiving day parade. So I get that that's what you're thinking about doing, but you got to be careful here because you don't want to start it and then have to stop it and blow it up. And say, man, here we go. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Our Twitter poll question with UFC returning to action, all the racing coming up and more. How do you feel about sports returning? Is it too soon? Only if they're safe or it's time. Interesting early polling. I'll say that for you right now. Interesting early polling here on um, on 98.7 ESPN. Also, <laughs> in, in talking about baseball, right, and the uh, owners showing the books to the to the players. At Fighter Jeff Fifty Two says, <laughs> "Oh, so you want to see my books? LOL." And he's got a meme. It's pretty. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Let's go to your other phones. 1-800-919-3776. Hi, Spike. You're up first on ESPN New York tonight. Thank you for getting me on, my friend. Uh, yeah, I can imagine what that photo looks like. I'll show you my books. The baseball thing's ridiculous to me uh, if the players don't agree to it. Tony Clark's done a miserable job, and they re-upped his contract. Uh, the agents were PO'd at him last year, if you remember, and always liked the guy, but I don't think he def- you know, defended the best interest of the players. I wouldn't go back to anything, uh, especially, you know, my age at this point, unless it was safe, unless you had a vaccine. I love sports as much as you do. And uh, getting to the last dance, um, I haven't seen the JoJo English uh, Derek Harper fight yet. That one was missing for some uh, reason. And Scotty mm-hmm. Pippen is a uh, man. Boy, does he look bad in this thing. I, I, I can't imagine. I remember that game. Larry, I remember that game. It's 26 years ago. Like, it's yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like, yesterday. Mm-hmm. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. I mean, uh, they ran that play for Kukoc. I think he was a rookie that year. And uh, he's a terrific offensive player. He's a good passer. First Euro to put the ball on the floor. He made a really tough shot. He was well guarded. And um, they would, they, it, listen, it's an homage to Michael. He made it that way. We know he's the greatest player. But Pippen's coming off. I was never a big Pippen fan. He was a good, mm-hmm. really solid defender, a really good uh, open floor player filling the lane. Uh, offense, uh, he's never a great shooter. He, you know, and that's why Phil ran the play for the rookie because he knew how good Kukoc was. Kukoc yeah, was but a- you, but but as you know, Spike, there was this thing yeah. about Tony Kukoc, yeah, and, and that was and that as you know, and just for the other fans who 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 don't know it as well as you do, from the Olympics, that, you mean, yeah. That that was well, that was because he he was coming in making more money. 
Yeah, no, I, I understand. And so, the whole- and so now you're looking at it. That he, the disturbing thing for me was that Scotty would say, "Yeah, I know what's wrong, but if I had to do it again, I would." <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I, 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 yeah I, here's what I think about this. I, I got. I've been thinking all day about telling you this. I said it to one. I call over the show today. I, I, I have to think they put the camera on him. And you know, he sounds like Melvin Franklin from The Temptations. I've always told you that. <laughs> and he's sitting there in that chair. And they asked him the question, and I think what came out of his mouth was almost like a ventriloquist. Like, mm. it, it, it's the wrong answer. You don't say he he's made three or four wrong moves. Now, I understood the contract coming from the background he did with the adversity of his, his father and, and, and his brother and mm-hmm. taking the guarantee. You got to do it. I, I don't, I, you know, Klaus was the fall guy. Reinsdorf was the bad guy. That's yeah. the way it turned out. Reinsdorf also, a real smart businessman, was a White Sox owner. He left, if you know the whole history, which I know you do, it's a revisionist history, he let Kraus run the basketball team. Right. So, so, so as you turn out, I think Kraus was a, bas- a baseball scout to begin with. Uh, they made fun of him. I, could, I can't stand when you, when you, when you, I said this every time, and I'll tell you until this thing's over, which is great. It's just great. Not so much for a Nick fan, but it's still great to see basketball. Uh, yeah. Kraus, you know, Kraus made the Kukoc a project, and he knew he was he could he could be a clutch player. Uh, mm-hmm. But I learned one thing about this, and thanks for the time, and I'll catch you one other night this week, hopefully. Okay. What is B.J. Armstrong drinking out of the fountain of youth? <laughs> yeah, he still looks like a little right, kid. He's, he's be, <laughs> uh, my guess, you can look it up. He's got to be the early 50s. He looks mm-hmm. 30 years old. Yeah. He looks great, and the fact that they he berated them in that game, and the kid that played at Louisville with Felton Spencer and and who was Purvis Ellison, mm-hmm. you, you can look it up. Purvis Ellison has to be. I may be wrong. It's late for me, but Purvis Ellison, I think, is the last number one overall draft pick that was a senior. I think so. Wow. It's Thirty years ago, you know, wow. you had four guys come off that team who did nothing. Never nervous, Purvis. Yeah, nervous. He, he's number one draft pick in the country. He's a senior out of Louisville with with yeah. Felton Spencer and the other two other guys that played four or five years ago. But anyway, it, it's great That's to crazy. watch. It's edited brilliantly. I know how great Michael Jordan is. I know they're making Pippen and Jerry Krause look poorly, uh, and and we'll see. It'll be over, and it's 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 carrying uh, carrying what we don't have. Now, and I'll leave you with this, that I don't really think, and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I'm not like that, and you know me well enough. I don't think, what are they going to do in football? You heard Dr. Fauci. They're going to bounce off each other, these big, as Ray Lucas calls them, these big fatties on the line, Mm -hmm. you know, and they're going to sweat all over each other. You're going to have 10 guys out, and then you're going to have to stop. You got one chance to do this, and you got to do it right. I'll talk to you later in the week. All right, Spike, thanks for checking in. 1-800-919-3776. 1-800-919-3776. I'm telling you, it, it, it's really, really interesting to watch this because of the, and, and yet Pippen is not coming to, Pippen is not coming across very great in this situation. There's no doubt about that. He isn't. Uh, even in the year that he took over and he's, you know, he's, it's, it's his team. And it's funny because all, everybody's like, Boy, this was, it was great having him because he, he wasn't as, you know, he didn't berate you the way Jordan did. He was, you'll, you'll get better. You'll be okay. You, you know, but then in the crucial moment of that game, he's like, no, I, the play should be run for me. And I remember, I remember that. 
I, I remember, like, why is he on the bench? Like, what is going? No Pippen. Like, what? What happened? Why? And it was it, it was amazing. It, it was just amazing. And of course, you know, the following game is the uh, Hubert Davis game, and so that that's the one where uh, they get the foul call. Hubert Davis hits the free throws, and and the Knicks advance, and they uh, you know go on to unfortunately uh, lose to Houston in the uh, in the NBA Finals. But you know the 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 obsession, and once again, having lived through it, having been covering the NBA at that time, you under you knew how obsessive Michael Jordan was with, uh, you know, being the best, and you respected that from him. But listening to his thought process and even conjuring up. <laughs> making up a response from somebody to be motivated to go out and almost match their game output in the first half. The next night is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. How do you feel? Is it is it too soon for sports to return? Should they return only if they're safe about it or should they, should they return because it's time? We'll check your Twitter poll questions out and we'll give you an update on the poll numbers in a minute. But first, Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, what's going on, Uncle Larry? How you doing, big bro? I'm doing great, Buddha. What's happening? Hey, listen, um, first with your poll, with my UFC thing, I have watched, you know, I watch all the fights every day, mm-hmm. even no matter what's going on. Um, you know, Ferguson got the beats put on by Gaethje. Woo, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I mean, that, that boy beat that boy something sick. He had the mouse with the open cut, you know, on the face. It wow. looked real bad, man. It looked real bad. But, um, with, 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 with the, pertaining to the poll question, when you listen to the weekend show, you know, they were telling you like all the stuff that the guys had to go through. Like they had to stay on the uh, at, at the hotel, and then they had to take like a, a, a shuttle, and there was only this amount of seating. And guys were getting tested before they went into the building. You know, that makes it seem like you can't really do these big sports because, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, there's, there's two things that, that that make you. How are you going to have the time and efficiency to do all of that? And make sure everybody's safe. But secondly, though, like like what kind of tests are these guys getting that you got the results? Like within the next couple of minutes, they're going to allow you to go in the building and people's out here, you know, calling that number and they're telling them, look, if you're not dying, your fever's not 105, like we can't really test you. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man. That rubs, the, that rubs the average person the wrong way, man. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yes, you, know, I know. I, I, you know, and I don't know how they're going to work that, man. You know, like just with all the stuff that was going on, man, you just see like all over the place, man. You know, even from, from Washington, from people across the country to, to people in the park around here. Like, uh, honestly, man, this COVID thing is going to be around for a while because they're definitely yeah. opening up stuff too soon. And people is not ready. Pe- people are not practicing the distancing and the mask stuff already. So, you know, they're just opening up the Pandora's box with all these things. I like the NBA's approach. We're going to think about it and we're going to see. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? All these mm-hmm. other sports, they're bucking out. But um, with the last dance, man, like, oh, man, listen, let me tell you something, <laughs> man. You're lying, man, for real, man. Like, yo, I feel bad for Pippin, man. Yeah. You know, I thought it was just that one episode before where it was about the contract and the money. Then I'm sitting there like, yo, dude, like, you know, I love, you know, I, like I love Jordan. Everybody else loves him as a player, 
But there's mm-hmm. certain parts of his personality that, that I kind of rub you the wrong way, man. Yes. You know, you yes. worrying about this man's money and what he's doing and all that, man. If that was really your ace in the hole, you'd be screaming for him to get the money. Now, he played with you for all them years. I remember when um, when T.O. was running that nonsense on McNabb, you sort of understood why McNabb was getting on his nerves. He's like, yo, I carried this organization for years. You coming in here and you asking me to, to bark off your contract. Yo, this dude done got you about four, um, three rings. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like, you're not even, like, really caring about him getting his money right. I mean, come on, man. I was a little selfish. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, you know the, the, the stuff with his father, you know, you feel for him. And then it shows you, too, like, you know, the kind of guy is like, you know, even when they were talking about associations before and stuff like that. Let me tell you something, man. You know, when you lose a family member that was real close to you like that, yeah. and you yeah. still up there talking to the media and still putting that smile face on, you know, a couple of months after it happened, and you just bouncing into the baseball, you just, I'm going to try to put the positive to a negative. You see, man, when when, when they showed him after that, that, that yeah. comeback series. Yeah. Like, yo, all those emotions, man, like that drive to win, you know, and it's great, you know, you know, everybody leads a different way. You know, Magic, mm-hmm. Jordan, Larry, they all lead a different way. Mm-hmm. Whatever works for you, works for you. I can't knock you, especially you got six rings. But you can see, like, where, where his own personality and his own way, it wears on himself. You yeah. understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that joint attacks your soul, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. always trying to be on audition, always, like, trying to make sure you're saying the right thing. You know, like, there's almost a part of you, like, you're not even human. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? crazy man like that whole thing is crazy man you know Buddha, when he said in one of the episodes how people said they won't be michael jordan for a day how about being michael jordan for a week how about being michael jordan for a year and it's it's that it's that thirst it's that obsession to be the best it's that obsession to win it's that anger that really that you take out on your teammates but it's really not their fault that management didn't put the right people around you when you first got there. So you were like, you know, Mike, you were Michael in the Jordanaires because that's Ooh. what he was when he first came in. It was him and everybody else. They were, you know, and so, so you hear him, there's a resentment. Like they just come along here. Like they weren't here in the beginning. All right. But that's not their fault that they weren't there in the beginning. But nevertheless, all right. It's, it's, it's almost. The, the obsession that he has, Buddha, it's it's crazy. It, it's crazy. He, it, when it, you it's understand, I know when you understand that he made up a, a comment from somebody else so he would be revved up the next night in a back to back. That's how bored Larry. he was. That's how Larry, bored he was. How many was. times? How many times in this documentary has he said when they said something about? Oh, uh, he just brought something. Yeah, well, this person said that. I took offense to that. This dude's coming in the arena is like, yo, listen, I ordered a chili dog with cheese. The cheese wasn't hot enough. I took offense to that. So, like, this dude takes offense to everything, man. Yes. <laughs> and that's what he uses to fuel him because, because Buddha, and, and it's so, it's so interesting. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. We'll talk again. Because how many times do you hear athletes say, it's hard to get up for every night? It's hard when you play every, it's, it's hard. We just got, we just weren't ready to play. These were the games that he played to make sure, played with himself mentally to make sure that he would be ready to play every single game that he was, he was a part of. And as he got older and his skills are not the same, then he really has to do that even more so because of the fact that he's not the same. He doesn't have the same look, still very talented, still hops. Still could dunk on you. All right. But it's a different, it's a different Michael Jordan. 
after the the NBA after the baseball, right? He has to get some time. He has to come back. It's it's Michael Jordan with the jump shot. It's Michael Jordan who could beat you off off the on the dribble on a couple of occasions, not always attacking the rim every single time. Being able to hit the three, being able to to the mid range game, being able to be more versatile, understanding that he needs to save his body. And not take all that punishment. So he makes the adjustment. But still mentally, he's got to be able to continue to try and dominate the way that he feels he has to because he's Michael Jordan. It's fascinating. Henry's in Orange, New Jersey. Henry, you're next on 98.7. Hey, how you doing, man? What's up, partner? Yeah, man, Larry, I, I think with the NBA season, that's what I was talking about in the last two things, basically. It was the NBA season. I think they should just cancel the whole year, just start from scratch, and start from start the new year next year. And I mean, just take it as one, take it, take it, take it down this year. And I mean, there's no, no reason to bring it back because I don't want to see a, a new NBA season start in January. That's that one. Yeah, that would be my concern, Henry. I don't want to, as I said, I don't want to mess up two seasons based on one on, on one event. One year, and, and listen, yeah, I, I may have to, Henry. I may have to anyway, but if I can help it, I don't want to. Yeah, two. Now with um, I was talking about the mic, um, the uh, the Bulls locker in the last dance. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm uh, and I'm a diehard Bulls fan. Bulls been a Bulls fan all my life, and I never like the one game that. During the one year that the Bulls they won seventy two and ten, they played the Denver Nuggets one year. And um, if you can look up yourself, I never forget that game because the Bulls were down close to almost forty points that night on the road. Mm-hmm. And the willing that Jordan had to bring them guys back, even though they lost the game, that probably was one of the best games, like me personally, ever seen play because the willing. He scored. I think he scored like forty four that night or forty six. But they had the worst, one of the worst shooting nights of that year. Mm. And the, he, but it was just a willing drive. He got. I think. He, I think he got him to overtime, and they still lost. But it was the one. It was if you're a basketball fan, you will respect it because of the way they played. Mm-hmm. And you can see it in his face, the anger he had in these guys. They had one of the best. You get a chance, you your phone, you talk, you talk, look it up. And you, if it gets Denver Nuggets in, at Denver, and it was, it was a, uh, to me, I was one of the best games I've seen Michael Jordan play in the eighth, and even though plus they lost the game. All right, Henry, I'll check it out. Thanks for the tip. 1-800-919-3776. I promised you that we were here from Ariel Hawani. He was on with Barton Hahn earlier today, and they asked him what lessons can other sports take away from the UFC. Here's what he had to say. There's a few lessons, I think. Number one, the way the UFC tested the fighters. So when they got there on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, when they got to the hotel in Jacksonville, they all had to do three things. They had to take the COVID-19 swab test, which is the, the basically that infamous test that we've all seen now where they stick that big Q-tip up your nose that mm-hmm. looks terrific. And then they have to do the antibody test, which is basically them drawing blood from your finger and they get those results back within 10 to 15 minutes that tells you if you've been exposed to it in the past not if you have it the swab test tells you right. if you have it and then daily temperature checks so they did that and they did the swab test twice and a few fighters told me like yeah one of my cornermen one fighter told me you know for the antibody test he, he tested positive meaning that he either had it or was exposed to it so what they did was they removed him from the hotel they removed that coach they put him in a different location until they got the results of the swab test to tell him if he was positive right 
right now or not. So the UFC kind of put out maybe a bit of a blueprint as to whether or not sports can come back and other sports leagues can look at this and say, like, okay, you have to do the daily temperature checks, you've got to do the swab, the antibody, all that stuff and more. And then come the, the event itself, like, you telling me, you know, the NBA, I pray, I miss the NBA so much. you telling me if LeBron and the Lakers go up against Kawhi and the Clippers in an empty, you know, Walt Disney World resort gym that we're not all locked in and loving it? Yeah, it's a little different. It's a little weird. But it'll be fine. You know, we, these are the best athletes on the planet. We don't necessarily – we're spoiled because the fans add but, energy. But again, I think though, as we saw on Saturday, we don't need it. As Buddha said, that's a lot to do. Can you imagine doing all those things? Right in the NFL <laughs> during training camp, during the preseason, when you've got ninety guys on your roster, how are you going to do that? When you've got Major League Baseball, you got all these guys, thirty, thirty-five guys plus the clubhouse crew and doctors and trainers, et cetera, et cetera. How are you going to do that every single game? How is that going to, how are you going to be able to do that day in and day out? How are you going to be able to do that in between games of a doubleheader that you may have to play? How is that going to work? I, I, it's amazing to me, but yet and still, the owners have given MLB the go ahead to make a proposal that would have the season starting around the 4th of July. I, I just don't see how they're gonna make it happen. I really don't. But it's uh it's interesting to, it's interesting conversation, right? You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight Podcast with Larry Hardesty on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Twelve percent of you say too soon. Twelve percent. Forty percent say it's time. Forty. of you say only if they're safe. So that's how we stand right now. Only if they're safe, 48%, it's time, 40%, and too soon at 12%. We've also been talking about this this interesting scenario with Major League Baseball, right? It's the ultimate chess match where the owners are saying, listen, no, we support this. Put the proposal out. We'll do like an 82-game season, 80-game season, something, whatever we can do beginning around the 4th of July, and we'll be okay, and you know, we'll figure out the money and stuff like that. This is our proposal. And, of course, the Players Association is going to be like, okay, well, you know we, you know what the deal is. All right, well, give us our money. And the owners are like, well, hold up. Wait a minute. We don't have fans. And that, that's a large part of our income. So we're going to have to make another deal. And the players are going to be like, no, nah, you want dollar for dollar? Show us the books. I was going, what books? <laughs> Showing you no books. It's, 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 it's not a done deal. That's all I can say. It's not a done deal. Trey's in Brooklyn, Texas. He's next on 987 ESPN. Hey, Trey. What's up, Larry? How you doing, my friend? Boy, Tony Clark fumbling this thing, ain't he? Oh, this is a rough one. <laughs> this is a rough one. And he was such a good player. So steady at first base. <laughs> this is a rough one. This is pretty saying. bad, man. This is pretty bad. This you ready to go one. to work? Yes, sir. Let's so do it. After a, a just a, you know what? This was a, if I could just say for a second, Trey, this was an interesting Mother's Day. Uh, well, okay, just watching, Just watching the news and watching how so many folks had to deal with their moms to visit their moms from the end of a driveway, 
had right. to deal with visit their moms through video chat, had to deal with their moms differently. You know, I had a long conversation with my mom yesterday and today, and it was just it was just different. Trey, it was just different. And how, how's she doing down there in that Tar Heel State? She's doing great. She's doing great. Good, uh, good, the, the siblings good. did a nice job. Did a nice job. Took some took some uh, dinner over to her, and uh, you know they, the the the. the the brother, the brethren, and the sister, and did a good job. They did excellent, a good job. excellent. They did a good job. I was proud <laughs> of. Them. I was proud of. That's them. what I, I like to hear. That's I may have to I give like them a shout out later this week. They did so good. May have to, may have to hook Please them up. Please do. May have to hook them up. <laughs> uh, but it made me also think of, you know, the moms who are first responders who are in the hospital, who had to work on Mother's Day. It was a different Mother's Day for them too, and Absolutely. so. It was a special shout out to to the moms, to the moms in the hospitals, and this hospital down Morristown Medical Center, Morristown, New Jersey, a couple maybe a three point jumper away from the Jets facilities over there in Florham Park. Uh, hats off to you guys and and the work that you're doing, and all the the first responders and Trey, all the teachers who we really miss you guys right now. There's some. I was, I was thinking about Gordon Damer and and him trying to figure out sixth grade algebra for his kids. All the all the parents who are now teachers, you know, we miss you guys too. <laughs> that, hey, Larry, that's Professor Damon. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so and I spent a lot of time down in Morristown, man. It was like one of my first jobs, man. Was working mm. in Morristown. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So I'm going to go tonight with Lincoln Medical Center in your borough. All right. BX, yeah. BX or B next. They you took know, care of me on a couple of scrapes when I was young. I had to go to that spot. I had to go there. <laughs> had to go there. They're familiar with Mr. Hardesty. They're familiar. I got a story. I can, it's an embarrassing story. I'll tell you off air. I sound good. I, I'm, I'm ready for it. <laughs> so we're going to lift them up. We're going to lift them up tonight in prayer and put our arms around everybody. Just hug them. Let them know we're thinking about them tonight. Every employee in that building, we love you. Thank you for the hard work and the sacrifice that you put on. 24 7, 365 to make sure that we are safe in that beautiful city and, and you're being away from your family when you need to be with them at this time. And we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And all, we appreciate all the hard work that you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, sir. All right, man. I will be glad when this damn documentary is over. I, one more man, week, I'm, my friend. You got one more week. This, this is ridiculous, man. Now the guy's crying. Okay. Now he's crying. And now he's crying. He was a bully. He was yes. a bully. He, he was. was a very selective bully, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Steve Kerr, LeBradford Smith. You know, I can recall mm-hmm. a I can recall an incident in '97 where he wanted no smoke with Chris Child. None. Mm-hmm. I can recall many nights when he didn't want no smoke with even Greg Anthony from the Knicks. Well, bullies know who to mess with. Come on, now bullies know. Yeah, he's, really he's a very, very selective alpha, but he was the alpha of alpha. So mm-hmm. I, I, I give it, to him. I give it to him on that. Uh, but he did pick his fight very, very well. And uh, if I'm Horace Grant, ain't no way. How, how tall is Horace Grant? Six ten. Six ten. I wish somebody would me at six ten deny me food. Try me. <laughs> we would have flipped that. We would have flipped. Hey, they would have flipped that jet, and I'd have been in Sacramento by by sunbreak. You understand? Yeah, but, yeah, but you, you you're biased. You're a chef. You're Ooh, you know what I mean? You ain't denying me no food, Larry. You, Larry, no, 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 no. And and Larry, let me just say this too. 
We <laughs> lost Betty Wright. We lost Betty Wright this weekend. Oh no, I did. I missed and, that. I know we lost yeah. Lil Richard. Betty Wright too. We, we lost Betty Wright. Oh, and we lost one. Andre. And we lost Andre Harrell. Oh wow. Yeah. So I just wanted to say uh, rest in peace to them because uh, absolutely. Man, I saw Andre Harrell one time in uh, Harlem at Harlem Week. I didn't get a chance to go over there and meet him, but I saw him. Mm-hmm. And, that, and and for, for for people from a different age, that's Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde right there, Mary. Come on, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know you know that you know what I'm yeah, saying. So yeah, it's a lot true. of the younger kids will know him as the kid, the, the guy that that fired Puff. Yeah. You know, that's the guy that fired P. Diddy mm-hmm. from Uptown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but nah, that that was he was a rapper before that, and his name was Doctor Jekyll, and he was just he was amazing. They they was the first one rocking suits to concerts. Yeah. I remember seeing him at the Disco Fever, 1985. Wow. They was rocking. Larry, I'm that Disco guy. Disco Fever, wow. Absolutely, at the Fever. At the <laughs> Fever, yeah, that's right. Well, I saw Jazzy <laughs> Jeff pick up a kid and scratch with him. He picked up a kid at the thing and scratch. It was the World DJ Competition, 85, I think. Larry, mm. it was, you know, these are big losses that we've been having this year. They yeah. can they can take 2020 back and kick it across the water because this yeah. has been a horrible year. I didn't know you didn't know about Betty Wright, so I'm sorry I had oh, to tell man. you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Clean yeah, up. That's man. Pretty, oh yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And yeah. Mm. This is what it is, Larry. This is life. This is why yeah, we hug the true. ones that we love and we give them their flowers while they can still smell them. So Absolutely. I'm gonna tell you that you're great and I care about you because I do. And I want to send a belated happy Mother's Day to Aunt Susan, Uncle Spike's wife. She's mm-hmm. awesome and I love y'all so much. Uncle Spike, I'm gonna talk to you tomorrow probably. But man, Larry, you know, we just go keep them in prayer, man. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's what we, we can gotta do. do. That's all, all we can, can do. do. That's right. All right, my friend. Thanks for checking in. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.